All right, round two. Talking straight with Gaff. This is Matt Gaffney, and we're heading down this new path. So, first and foremost, today is potentially a historic day here on Talking Straight. We're not having just our first guest, but our first two guests ever. Two for the price of one. So, with having two guests, it's got me thinking about historic duos in all phases of life, and we'll, we're going to be talking about that a little later. We're also going to be talking about COVID as well, and uh, the ongoing pandemic, and then it ties directly into the two guests that are coming up later in the pod, both those things do. Even the music, got Matthew Sweet sick of myself, so very... COVID appropriate. The first thing I want to talk about is the new uh, potential NFL rule that seems to be all but a formality right now. And it's a rule that on the surface probably seems really minuscule and not relevant, but I'm really, really psyched about it. And um, it has to do with jersey numbers. And I love jersey numbers, especially football jersey numbers. You know, some some numbers are just iconic without even having a name attached to it. All you do is say the number that automatically makes you think of a player. So if I said think about a player, a football player wearing number 32, if I ask 10 different football fans, who do you think of when you hear the number 32, might get 10 different answers. And probably all 10 would be iconic Hall of Fame type players. And the uh, same can be said for you know, number 12. You know, you probably rattle off 10 all-time QBs that wear or, or wore the number 12 um, throughout their career. I mean, two of them are still playing. And, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both rock 12, and they're uh, undisputedly two all-time grades with, you know, love them or hate them, Brady's the GOAT. Um, so the current NFL rule regarding jerseys, jersey numbers is very strict. Um, if you watch a college game, Players at any position can be wearing any number, but when you get to the NFL, um, it's very strict as far as quarterbacks can only wear one through 19. Running backs are only allowed to wear 20 through 49. Receivers are allowed to wear 10 through 19 or 80 through 89. And then linemen can only wear 50 through 79. Linebackers can only wear you know, 40 through uh, 59, and defensive backs can wear anywhere from 20 to 49. Well, because the increased roster sizes are blowing that rule out, so now quarterbacks will still have to wear uh, 1 through 19, but running backs, receivers, tight ends, 
safeties, corners, and linebackers can wear practically any number they want. So what you're going to have is, you know, you say number 32, like we was, I was saying earlier, and you think of a running back usually. Well, 32, now you might see number three rocking, rocking number three jersey at running back. Or a defensive back wearing number eight, which is supposedly what Jalen Ramsey's going to switch to. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it might seem dumb on the surface, but it's kind of cool little thing, makes it a little more fun. And, you know, a lot of players grew up wearing, you know, maybe a linebacker grew up wearing number 10 in high school, you know, from Pee Wee through high school through college when they got to the NFL and they had to pick, you know, a typical linebacker number like 53 or 56. So, I think have a little fun with their jerseys. And so with our two guests tonight that will be coming up, they, they both wear jerseys and they both own their numbers and rock them as well. As anyone that uh, might attest to that, that knows and might attest to. Uh, but I want to talk about with them about why they picked those jersey numbers. So I'm just excited about that rule. And, uh, as well as dynamic duo. So we're going to have a dynamic duo coming up later. But I'm thinking about famous dynamic duos. And my mind instinctively just goes to music and sports because that's kind of where I'm, I guess, the most well-versed. But, um, you know, right away, like in terms of hoops, I think of Jordan and Pippen, Stockton and Alone, you know, Magic and Kareem. Um, Kobe and Shaq, you know, until that, that marriage broke up, uh, football, I think of, you know, Montana and Rice are two, is the main one for me. And then more recently, Brady and Gronkowski, but, um, you know, then turn to music, I think of, uh, of course, Lennon and McCartney and, Jagger and Richards for starters, but I mean, there's a million others, but that's just another little conversation topic for thinking about what some dynamic duos might, might pop to mind as we're uh, talking to our upcoming guests. So, so yeah, dynamic duos and jersey numbers. That's what we're talking about today. So, um, I think it's time to, to get to the the guest portion and let's let's make this historic here um this is shaping up to be a day to remember uh this talking straight with gaff just was a little idea a week ago and now here we are ready to do like a, a real live interview and um so we're gonna get to the heart of it coming up here um you know, it's a dynamic duo that's coming up. They're they're roommates, they're they're teammates, they're friends, and full disclosure, one of them happens to be my daughter, but still not going to give her any softball questions just because of that. You know, trying to build an audience here, so not going to lob her any softball questions. So it's going to be hard hitting here on Talking Street. Hence the name. We've got to live up to it. So um, coming up here, we're going to welcome the first ever guest, Albright College's dynamic duo, Abgaff and B-Dubs. 
Abigail Gaffney and Brady Wassel. Hey, Ab. Hello. Hey, Brady. Hey, Mr. Gaff. How's it going? Pretty good. We're hanging in there. You are? Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for being my very first guest. This is quite exciting. Of I, I can't promise you were making history, but um, you never know. And we're documenting it, so it's part of the permanent record. So um, I haven't said this yet, but you guys are in COVID prison. Yes, you, we are. <laughs> you both got the virus um, tested positive. What, what was the actual date? I know it was nine days ago, but it was um, March 30th. March 30th. So you're finishing up your 10-day isolation. Mm -hmm. And in what? You said about 10 hours. Um, yep, you're you're getting paroled first thing, in the morning. first thing in the morning so what what are you looking what are you guys looking forward to the most when you get out breathing the fresh air yes, that's <laughs> number one um yes we have windows that we're able to open but we actually haven't stepped foot out of the dorm that we're currently in so First and foremost, and our first plan of attack actually is going to get Dunkin' Coffee. So what what better place to uh, go first out of this quarantine? Shout out to Dunkin'. You know, Brady, you're already like doing product placement. It's the second episode and you're already <laughs> dropping it in there. And like, I have nothing lined up, but that's pretty good. I can go to the May. I could drive through and be like, how about a free coffee? We just 10 people are going <laughs> to hear this. At least 10 people are going to hear this. Maybe eleven, you know. We're we're communication, PR, uh, advertising, marketing majors. So what what do you expect? I know, you know that was that was part of the method to my madness. Um, I thought, you know, if I talk to you two first, I mean, nothing against Hook or Spats. I mean, they're they're great, but they don't have the social media following or the street cred <laughs> that you true. that you two have. Um, and then you can like bring people in, you know, like. You're both, you know, at Albright College and and um, basketball players there, and like, you know, the men's team just won the the MAC championship. You know, we can shout them out, like Big C and Sammy and Troy. You know, maybe they have some people that they could play for. Like, look, this this dude, I have no idea who he is, just mentioned me on some weird little pod. It might grow the audience, you know. That is very true. So. Um, so what, what's been the hardest part about COVID prison? Hmm, honestly, the food is not that great. The food. Um, not that great, I think, is put, putting it mildly uh, based on oh, the sure. photos no, you've sent. we keep saying how actual COVID really isn't that bad. Like, we wake up and forget that we tested positive. It's more the living conditions that is the hardest part of being in isolation. Yeah. So you're both feeling well, right? And yeah, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would say the same too, because um, obviously you hear everything about COVID, flu-like symptoms, and this or that. Um, but we really lucked out. Fortunately, we only had congestion, which we didn't think was a symptom at, at first. But um, we're very thankful that our only concern, honestly, was the living conditions and the food. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, at first, um, we were like, are we losing our taste and smell or is the food just this bad? But <laughs> So you didn't lose your taste. It really was just the food. No. Well, Brady thought that she did for a little bit, but she's fine now. Yeah, I, I started to get, I assumed just because that we were congested that we couldn't smell or taste, but as the congestion started to go away, I was like, wait a second, I can't taste and I can't smell, but I'm starting to get those uh, senses back. Well, the picture of last night's dinner, that, that was pretty nasty, that, like, Eggo waffle and, like, some, like, weird meat product that looked like a chicken strip and corn, like, yep. you know. Yeah, we did not eat the dinner or the lunch yesterday. And, and corn's, like, a fake vegetable. It's not really, it's actually yeah. a starch. No it's terrible for you. Meals. You can't digest it, but the, I think the government subsidizes it, so there's a lot of corn. There's corn and everything. But anyway, I want to go there. Um, all right, so, well, speaking of living conditions, I know, you, so you guys were isolated the first couple days but brady apparently had unbeknownst to her a roommate um <laughs> a much smaller roommate so let, what happened there brady yeah let's and what was your roommate's name did you have a name for this roommate that you didn't know existed i, I said quarry for quarantine but i don't think uh, abby was too fond of that name no. um but honestly it was a saturday afternoon it was just on my laptop air conditioning was kicking just ate my meal, and I was like, you know what, a couple, uh, you know, just need to get over the hump of the weekend for this quarantine to kind of get over with, but I kid you not, I, I just happened to, like, look over at the other bed that's in my room, because we were in singles, but there were two beds, and I see this brown thing, like, flying across the floor, and I'm like, there's no way, there's no way, and I, I look again, my full face is to it, and it's, what do you think, a mouse. I honestly was like, as if these living conditions couldn't get any worse. Luckily, Abby was in the room, um, and she, of course, thought I was kidding. And I jumped, I jumped on the table. I started screaming bloody murder. I said, you know what, we're not even supposed to be in the room together, but I don't care if they know that we're in the room together, because I will not step out of this room if the mouse is on the floor. So maybe I was a little dramatic, but I am not one to kill spiders, look at spiders, see spiders, and the fact that it was a mouse was made it that much worse. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to sell Abby out, especially like in public, but there's been, there may have been on more than one occasion when she's been home, like her whole life, like a blood curdling scream would come from upstairs you know, shrieking dad, and I'd go run up thinking we had like an intruder or something. It's like, there's a spider in the shower, and it'd be like, you know, it's two inch spider or something, you know. So we all have that little. I'm, I'm not going to judge you. The talking straight is a, is a no judgment zone, you know. And if you know me, B dubs, as you do. Oh, I yeah. know. So I know. I it's all good. So, so you left the room, right? So you started a room with Ab, right? Yeah. So, did you go back to your room at all? Have you found what, what's what's happened? What's the fate of our furry little friend? You know, it, it did take me a couple days because ever like every time I looked at that room, saw the room number, just remembered that all my stuff was in there. It took me a while for me to actually go back into that room. I did have to talk to Res Life and Pub Safe, and they were handling it on their own. But um, I had Abby like honestly escort me to my room for emotional support and. 
we would, you know, slam open the door, jump on the bed, and we'd get what we needed to get, and that was the end of that. But um, yeah, luckily for Abby, we had a room to go to, because if she was not here, then I honestly have no idea where I would be right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Abby, you know, like, you know that grandmom's had bat infestation problems? Oh, yeah. or, so, yeah. B-dubs, my mom has had, I don't know how many bats come in our house over the past couple of years, probably like three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is all like since my dad passed away and so she'll be home and all like, she thinks she sees a shadow and all of a sudden it moves and it's a bat. So like she literally like hid in her room the one time for like a day because she didn't know where it was. And each one was like a crazy story, but I think they figured out how they were getting in. So, but yeah, it's kind of creepy. Oh my gosh. Um, so, all right. So we covered some of the important details. Um, just like one or two more questions about COVID prison. Um, now you've had a taste of it. Will this deter you from pursuing any crime in the future? Pursuing any crime <laughs> after being in prison? <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, I wasn't planning on it in the first place. But yeah, I, know. I figured that out. I would hope so, but you know, <laughs> you never know. Desperate times sometimes call for desperate measures, but you know, this will be a good deterrent then to just stay on the straight and narrow and figure out your own way, right? That's for sure. So, how much TikTok was watched? Oh gosh. Uh, well, we were actually talking about our screen time the other day because I got um, a notification that said my screen time increased fifty-five <laughs> percent. Last week to this week. Yeah, I wonder so, why. I don't know how much that, of that was TikTok, but I don't even want to know. I definitely a lot. We were yeah. learning dances. Well, before we were roommates, we met him in the bathroom to do TikTok dance <laughs> together. But yeah. So there's a lot of TikTok dancing taking place. Always. Yeah. I don't mean I don't mean to promote myself at all, but my. TikToks in the past have been appearing on people's For You page, and this honestly never happens at all. Wait, their what page? Their For You page, which is honestly a page that literally, like, For You. Okay. Oh, I got. Oh, okay, I got you. I was thinking the no. Okay, I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, depending on what you like and you know what your interests are, they come up. And yeah. Honestly, my account is a nobody, and it still is. But the funny thing is, is that everyone's seeing them on their For You page, but the only For You page I'm not appearing on is Abby. And that concerns me. <laughs> my other roommate, is she not liking my content? Is she not liking it? So that, my so, that was, so that was my first concern of this TikTok. Uh, well, you know, you feel free to promote yourself here, B-dubs. I mean, this is the uh, platform. Uh, oh, believe me, I am a nobody on TikTok. I do not need to be promoted, but I'm just what? saying it was just, it was comical because uh, I was like, Abby, like, all you know, you know, Emma, like a couple of our roommates are liking my TikToks that I posted like months ago. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? And she's like, well, you're not on mine. I'm like, you know what? How can I get on yours? Yeah. But, you know, if you put your name out there now, like for the record, and then, you know, if the, if talking straight, you know, takes off, then you're part of the rocket ship, man. So, like, I'm going to bring – I'll bring you – followers and and then if but if your thing takes off then you can bring me it's, it's going to be a mutually <laughs> beneficial relationship i'm feeling yeah, it well, 
there's a synergy. I mean, I, can, I already feel repeat appearances. Like this is no one. <laughs> this is a once and done thing. I, I'm, you know. So you know, if we keep this going the right way, it could turn into something. You never know. But um, and by the way, I do have a TikTok account, but the only reason I have it is because Greg has Spats has a um his, a, pilot, his TikTok. pilot TikTok, which is really yeah. cool. Um, so you gotta check that out. Plus the most hilarious video of his brother, who is also a pilot, trying to squeeze into this Lear jet that Spats used to fly at his previous job. It's just hilarious. And you guys uh, probably don't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, but it, the music is very Curb Your no, Enthusiasm. I've seen it, Dad. You've seen the video, I know, but I'm saying. I follow Greg on TikTok. I know you've seen it, but it's, no. I'm telling Brady, I don't know if she's no. seen it. But. Well, yeah, I'll show you. Anyway. All right. So, um, so one of the things we're gonna, I'm going to be exploring in, in this little art project I'm doing is because obviously – um, I'm planning on talking to friends of mine as well as family. And on this podcast I'm, or this particular one, we're doing both. I'm talking to family and friend. So, um, I'm trying to trace like the lineage of friendships and memories and seeing how I want to see how people's memories compare. So, and I know you guys have an interesting history. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's, it's short but illustrious already, and it's I think it's got lifetime written all over it. So um, when when did, and how did you guys meet? <laughs> okay, well, are we talking about in 2017 or when we first came to Albright? Okay, well, let's, let's do this. Let's just, like, set it up for what I assume everyone doesn't know. Okay. We'll say in 2017, you didn't officially meet. No, I you, just you, regarded each other. Yes, you competed against each other in um, a state uh, playoff game for basketball. But we'll, we'll come back. Let's just talk about your actual meeting then. Okay. So you met. Absolutely. When did you meet? Um, January of 2019. Yeah. At, at Albright. At Albright. Okay. Great, Brady. You, you agree with that that date, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, just okay. All right. All right. So, um, do you guys have any type of memory, or is it just kind of like that was the day you met, and it just kind of like boom, you you've been together, you know, as teammates and uh, friends and roommates. No, I remember. You remember? <laughs> remember. So tell me Brady's about it. Like thinking, trying to think about it. No. So, um, so me and Brady had been already before we met in person since she danced me on Instagram asking about Albright and then um, when she finally decided she was coming. Well that um, you both let's just you both were transferring from other schools yes. to come to Albright. Yep. Okay, let's just yes. so um, Brady and I had been talking and I came to Albright in December but she didn't come until spring semester in January. So I remember um, I was with Emma, our other roommate and teammate and um, Brady like texted us that she was like moving into her room, so we went upstairs to um, meet her and Maggie, our other transfer teammate. And um, I just remember we were briefly 
literally talking, and then me and Emma were like, we have to like, go leave to go to practice, but, like, Brady and Maggie were still, um, like, moving in and everything, and then they came later. But, yeah, I remember being in that room and, like, thinking, wow, this is how she sounds like in person. I never heard her talk before. Brady, what do you what do you have to say about yeah. that? Well, okay, how how I initiated, I guess, the first DM on Instagram. I was actually at a, um, I was I went back home for Thanksgiving uh, break, and I ran into a mutual friend of me and Abby, and um, I played basketball with her. She played at Chestnut Hill, and she was like, "Oh, like remember uh, Abby Gaffney? We played her in high school in that state tournament game. She's like, she's uh, actually transferring to Albright. And at the time, I was thinking about transferring, and you know, Albright was on my mind. And I'm like, that's so weird. Like out of all schools, like Albright, like you know, that that's like a small world. So again, I didn't realize that Albright was in your backyard, basically. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I was following her actually, and I was like, you know, what, let me reach out just to get more information, um, just from like a player who was in a similar situation uh, as me. And um, yeah, I sent her a DM. I was like, you know, hi, I'm Brady. Uh, I I played you in a state playoff game. Um, I'm like interested at Albright. Like, if, you know, here's my number. Like, so it's just easier to text. And you know, long story short. Ended up coming to Albright, um, and it's funny because one of my first practices, the coach pulled me aside, and she's like, it is so hard to tell you and Abby apart. Like, you guys just look exactly like when you're in uniform, like your ponytail, you know, brown hair, tall. So um, it was just funny. She was definitely very helpful for my transition. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that night she DM'd me so vividly. Dad, we were on our way back to Chestnut Hill on a Sunday night. And I was hating my life, and I was like, Brady Wassel just, like, DM'd me, like, says she has to ask me a question. Like, I was like, I bet she's going to ask me about transferring. I remember that distinctly. Yep, so do I. And I, and I remember, like, you know, Brady, Brady Wassel was, you know, one of many names in the basketball sea of names that we had encountered throughout Abby's um, you know, high school and AU career. And, um, I'm like, I had a, you know, reset. Okay. Now who's she, she went to Lansdale Catholic. We played her junior year and she said, Holy family. Okay. I had to place it, you know, went, had to, you know, bring it all back. But, yeah. um, yeah, it's a small world. It was just, it was just like, when she told me, that, I just remember feeling like, you know, I had no idea you guys were going to be as, um, great of friends as you are, but that's yeah. what you think. <laughs> what, what's that? that it, oh, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> what you think. Okay. I think I might have said for the next time you guys appear, you know. So um it, um you made me lose my train of thought, but that's okay. Yeah, that I'm happens sorry, that that's okay. It happens very easily. Oh yeah. And um I forget it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it was going to be the best thought, a beautiful thought, but I know. It, it's I a soap. It. It's a soap bubble. It may come back. Plus, some multitasking because, um, you know, I don't want to harp on the time you guys first physically came into contact with each other um, in that fateful night where you guys were just like. 
destined to be. Um, so it was um, your each of your junior year in high school, right? Yep. And um, as fate would have it, you guys crossed paths in the first round of the PIAA uh, 4A state playoffs, um, Lansdale Catholic and Burke's Catholic. And B-dubs, I know we've joked about ever since we've met about that <laughs> night. That's not, what this, that's not what this is going to be about. This is about how, like, an incredible – well, at least on our end it was an incredible night, but um, it was an incredible <laughs> basketball game. And it's kind of like – to me, it's kind of like a metaphor, like kind of like the seed of your friendship that, like, that was kind of like planted that night. We had no idea, obviously, but – um, the one great thing about basketball from the years I coached and the years I have you played and how many people we met through, you know, this incredible game and like great friends and memories and all, all those types of things. But like this game was really an epic basketball game. We, you know, last weekend was the final four for both the men's and women's and, you know, that, Gonzaga UCLA game was epic and um, I'm not going to compare that game to this, but I had the same type of uh, seesaw energy, one great play after another. Um, and just find it's very poetic that you guys, that's the first time you encounter each other. And now, you know, here four years later, look where you're at. You're in COVID prison together. I mean, <laughs> who, <laughs> who could have seen that? And, you know, the thing about the game, though, that was just incredible is, like, it, the stars aligned for Abby that night, just the way it went. Um, it was her birthday weekend, and she was coming off an injury. So I, I look at it as, like, karma, but um, it was just an incredible game. Um, but I know, Abby, you know, you, I know you know the details of the game because we've talked about it. And But, Brady, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you remember your stat line from that game? I honestly, I do not. Okay. I'm assuming you do. Do you know it? Yeah, I have it up in front of me. Um, well, first of all, let's just give a run. To, and Brady, okay. First of all, you can you can pull the plug. Can we talk about the game for a minute, just like because? Okay, so. Of course. The stage is yours. It was, like I said, it was an incredible game. It took place at Father Judge in Northeast Philly. And I i mean, I've been to Philly a million times in my life. I'd never been to Northeast Philly. Like I've really felt like when you're driving to Northeast Philly on a Friday night in rush hour, it's like driving to another planet. Like I thought I was on Long Island. It felt like very Long Island-esque. And it just took forever to get there. And then we walk in and – it's the gym from Happy Days. It's like, you know, this little tiny relic gym from like 19th or Hoosiers for, I mean, if any of your friends have no idea what I'm talking about, Happy Days, unless they watch, you know, nostalgia TV or whatever. But it was something like out of Hoosiers, this old little gym. The, the, our local radio station was covering the game and they merely put them up in the corner on the stage right in front of like yeah. the, the velvety curtain that probably had been there since the Truman administration. You guys should look that up what, what year that was. 
a uh, little history lesson we're dropping here on this pod. But um, <laughs> the gym was just like old. And I think it did it have a parquet floor. If one of those, do you remember? Do you know parquet floors is like that? No. But anyway, anyway, so Brady's team, Lansdale Catholic, came out like absolutely on fire, like Baylor did the other night, just like hitting everything. Um, and um, you guys were up 21 10 after the first quarter. And I remember sitting there thinking, well, at least. Abby came back to play from her injury because she is out, had a really bad ankle injury, and they they won their league championship, so that was cool. And they, you know, um, got the states. It's a good year, so it's a nice run. Let's try to let's try make it. Let's not get blown out here. And um, I, I don't remember the exact moment moment in the second quarter, but we made a run. But. You, and cut it to, you know, went from down 11, cut it to three. But I remember everybody on your team was in foul trouble app. And, like, yeah. you know, at the end of the game, it was like, I, I, I mean, Deja was out and I think TD was out. And our favorite person who went to a zillion schools in five years didn't even score that night. You know, she filled up, you know, she was easy doing against, you know, lesser teams but when we needed her. Of course, she came up empty, but I'm not going to say that. But I guess I just did. But um, but then Abby was just hitting everything and um, dropping threes and hang, keeping the team in there and hit a couple game time threes and sent to overtime. And then overtime, she scored on a buzzer beater and um, – won 56 to 54 it was just an incredible game like i said we we're always on our birthday and you and deja had like most of the points you had 21 and deja had 20 yeah, yeah and like you're five i mean you're you both were like ridiculous shooting like the rest of the team really didn't shoot that well but you were eight of ten and deja was six of eleven and she didn't miss from the free throw line and you were five or six from three it was just it was just our night it was fate but that's not what we're talking about it's just the fact that it's just wild that you guys are there on opposite sides of the, of the box score. And now from here on out, you're on the same side. And that's just a beautiful thing. It's been really cool to watch that. Um, I'm so glad that you guys wound up together. I'm glad you're on the same team on, on the court and off the court. But um, so let's let, – enough with that. Let's talk about Albright Hoops a little bit. All right. All right. So let's just jump back. I know we, we just com- you just completed the the COVID shortened season, but let's go back to last year. You guys are currently juniors, um, but it's your sophomore year, your first full, both of your first full years on the team, um, and you guys had a nice little run, didn't you? Yes. Um, what was your final record? Do you remember? I think that was right. I think it was like 26 wow, and 4. Wow, I think so. You know what? I'm disappointed myself that I didn't. I'm, I'm just disappointed myself that I had to. I'm going to have to look that up. I, I usually, and I know I'm probably letting Spats down. He's probably like, man, 
he's if he listens to this, um, he's just gonna be like, "Are you kidding me? You don't remember?" Because he calls me Stat Boy. Um, he's looking it up right now. Okay, twenty-two and six. Yeah. But but you got out to like a fifteen zero start. You were nationally ranked. I, I you got close to the top ten if you did not get in the top ten um, yeah. in the Division three rankings. You played for the conference championship, and uh, you got an at large bid to the NCAA tourney. And um, right as COVID was getting ready to hit, you got to come played in the first round, lost to a really good Williams team. Um, but we didn't know the time, but whether you won or lost, your season was over anyway. Um, everybody's season was over, but that was a great, great season. I just, um, you know, what, what do you guys, when you look back on that, obviously the last game you would have liked to have made, I know Brady played great at and you played well that game. I know the team as a whole would have liked to have played better, but it was a great season. Um, do you look differently at that season now? that you lost so much this season? Wait, what? Do you look differently on that season now because you lost so much this season? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So definitely, well, just touching on what you mentioned of just how successful that season was, I think the honestly the best part about it was that in the preseason poll made by, like, the coaches – of our um, conference, they ranked us sixth. And I remember hearing that uh, right before we went out to practice and we were like, that's such a, you know, a slap in the face. And, you know, obviously we know the potential we have with each other. We see each other practicing every day through pickup and, you know, workouts. So, you know, I think that was kind of you know, fueled our fire for having such a successful. All right, so Brady, you're just talking about um, appreciating last season when you went to the NCAA tournament uh, versus this year's compacted 11 game season, due, which was shortened due to COVID. Yeah, I know it was better than nothing, um, but that short season, you guys went 11, seven and four. Um, and the way that the schedule, except for that last plus one game, you had to play back to backs every every week. Um, just watching the game, to me, it seemed like you guys had less less energy on this the back end of the the back to backs. Is that what you guys felt? Was it tough playing back to back? Yeah, it kind of honestly reminded me of AAU, where where we would play like you know six games in three days, and you know, not saying that we're older or we're old, but it does wear you down, especially at the um, college level. Um, you know, bigger, tougher players, and you're playing at a speed that you know has a shot clock, so the game naturally just goes quicker. Um, it definitely was hard to adjust to that though, because again, we weren't used to it at all. And as much as we could prepare and, and practice, you know, at the same time, we didn't want to wear ourselves out. Yeah. Um, so not, so as I said, like, you know, playing back to back wasn't ideal, but if that's what meant for like us to have a season, then I, you know, 
yourself for it. And, you know, with that just comes, um, you know, treatment after practice, after games, and just, you know, lifting as a team together, making sure that our, you know, bodies are able to handle that, like the strain of back-to-back games. Um, and our bodies definitely felt it after the season. But yeah. again, if that's what it meant for us that season, then we were all for it. Yeah, I, I know, Ab, you were a little banged up and, um, you know, how to how to play through it. Um, but I do, from the outside, just knowing what you told me, how, how, like, you're with your schedule, it seemed like Coach was smart about, you know, resting you guys from, from a practice standpoint or, like, the day yeah. after the game, so it helped you recover a little bit. basically the whole weekend off and we had like a yoga as a team Saturday mornings after games but um like at first the back-to-back games weren't as hard or as tiring as I thought they were going to be but then by the end of the season like Brady said we definitely um felt the wear and tear on our bodies so we're looking forward to being back to a normal schedule next year and hopefully the games will um be different because of that because I think we're in a little bit of closer games than we would normally be in because of the conditions of the season. Yeah, for and, sure. And on top of that, you, you know, usually in a normal season, you play a team, you know, the beginning of the season and then towards the end. So you had time, you know, you change as a team, you grow as a team throughout all that. But with this season, it's like you really had less than 24 hours to turn around. So shoot around the next yeah. day, you're, you know, trying to fix the X's and O's and the little things. But at the end of the day, I mean, you don't really have that much time to here. No, you didn't, and and it was good or bad. You had to let the day before go and just move on, and yeah. and try to adjust on the fly. So that's I know that's difficult for everybody. Um, you know, kudos to the teams that that didn't have problems with it, but that's that's tough for anybody. Um, yeah. Now, like now, looking ahead to next year, um, you know, what what are your expectations? I mean, I know it's hard to predict because you don't really know who's coming in on each team. And um, especially this year with the possibility of that extra year of anyone using that extra year of eligibility, you know, what are your expectations for next year? And what are you hoping, um, you know, going into your senior season? Like, what do you, what are your thoughts? No, yeah, I'm so excited for next year. Like we basically have everyone back besides Allie and having this short little season this year, like, when it ended, I just wanted to keep playing more games. Like, I feel like our season was just getting started. So, I'm excited. I think we'll definitely be contending for the MAC championship. We want to win a championship. I mean, we didn't get there this year, but last year we were in it, and we'll get back there again. So, yeah, you have a, you have a large junior class that is that are all hungry for a championship for sure. So, um you know, that's one thing that's definitely motivating. We've been with each other. We've been playing with each other for, you know, a couple of years now. And honestly, our sophomore year last year was, you know, everyone was talking about, oh, it's their rebuilding year. You know, they have, they, they lost a bunch of players. They, you know, some transfers in, transfers out. Um, and honestly, I think, yeah, we did shock them. And, you know, we still yeah. have the big core of that group here this year. And then obviously for next year with some newcomers coming in, um, so it'll be really exciting just because, you know, we want that championship and, you know, we have a chip on our shoulder from last year. So 
yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, you know, B-dubs, you said um, about being hungry and my boy Jason Kelsey from the Philadelphia Eagles, if you remember the Super Bowl parade, hungry dogs run faster. So, <laughs> you know, you guys, you guys have that fuel. But, you know, there's one big uh, hurdle in the way about an hour and a half to the west of us um, in the form of, you know, the max version of Yukon Messiah. Yeah. So are any of those people actually going to like graduate and go and like live a real life? Or are just going to stay and play division three basketball for 10 years? What's the deal over there? We can only hope. I mean, we really don't know if they're going to use the COVID year or what, but they're basically, what are they? Fifth years right now. I think this past season was their fifth year. So that'd be six years playing. At this point, we lost track. Yeah, you know, it'll be like a wild card. We'll have to see on the roster, or maybe just the starting lineup when we play them next year. Yeah, I mean, they're incredible. I mean, hats off to um, the players. They're fantastic players. Their coach is unbelievable. I mean, he, he's he been there a long time. Um, I don't know if he didn't have higher aspirations. It's, and it's great if you're happy where you're at, stay, but – he just seems like he'd be successful at any level. Just the way he, yeah. that team plays, the way he runs the team, everything. They're very impressive to watch and um, and how they go about their business. So they're a worthy champion. You, you got to give them that. Um, yeah, you, you usually, um, you know, your competitor, you're, you're not really a fan of them. I don't want to say you hate them, but they're not your best friends. But with honestly, Messiah, like there's nothing to hate about them. Yes. They're, they're just so they're, nice. Yeah, such good sportsmanship. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, they do deserve those all those wins and championships yeah. because they're you know team players. You know, um, they have great chemistry on and off the court, and it like just reflects of you know what good coaching that coach yeah. is um, and what he's able to do with their players. You know, they might we might have the, a better starting lineup, but you know what they're able to do together on the court is something that, you know, it's not just the talent. Yeah. And they play the right way. They play on, um, unselfishly. They, they, they make clutch shots. They make the right basketball play at the right moment. Um, they're, they're very impressive. And, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't do anything but respect that. Yeah. Um, so one more one more question um, about hoops before we head down the, the stretch of this. Um, I know you guys got some packing to do because you get paroled, you know, <laughs> soon. But you know, you, you mentioned Abby, you're going to lose Allie, um, and you know Allie's six two, right? And you know Deja transferred last year and she's six one, so. Yeah, that's that's a lot of height we lost. Um, it, it, does it change how you guys play? I mean, I know from watching you run a lot of um, like double high posts, like four one four high um, not one four. You know, I'm talking about four across. Yeah. And um, like a four high offense, and but now it looks like you know, other than Gabby, you don't have really any bigs you're mostly skill players guards perimeter players 
do you, do you guys foresee changing your style at all? Or, you know, you have a lot of shooters, you know, Brady, Amina, Maggie, I mean, you guys fill the hoop with threes um, and abs dropping dimes. Like, do you guys foresee like any change in the style with the personnel you have or what, what do you, um, what do you expect? Well, I mean, I think all of our starters can score like and be the leading score on any given night. So hopefully our offense will reflect that a little bit for next year because, and just give us more options all around. Yeah. Since we really will only have like one big, but, um, yeah. Um, I kind of just lost my train of thought, yeah. but... It's okay. Yeah. It's late. You're in your loop. You've been COVID prison for 10 days. I mean, the fact yeah, you guys have hung in here for like... We've been talking for 40-some minutes, and um, I mean, you guys are... I, I would, if I was locked in, um, you know, that that dorm for that in COVID prison for 10 days... Um, I'd be looping. You guys are, you know, you're you're giving me content, like top-notch content that's worthy of communication majors. Um, so, I actually uh, remember what I was going to say. Oh, you do? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, um, like, I think or I hope that a lot of our offense will come from transition next year because, like, we are, like, all guards pretty much besides Gabby, and Gabby's a fast post. Like, she'll beat every other post down the so I think that next year we'll, we'll be able to utilize, utilize that a lot more. All right. So I'm looking forward to next year. That's going to be, um, you know, senior year, experienced team, um, see if any recruits come in, see who take, anyone takes advantage of the other schools with the extra year. But um, I'm looking forward to have a regular basketball season. And, and actually seeing you guys play in person instead of, True. You know, on the screen. I mean, it's nice you're playing Stevenson on a Wednesday night in January, and I can, you know, throw it up on the uh, fifty-inch screen, fifty-five-inch screen TV, and um, you know, it's like I'm there. But you know, it'd be nice to actually be in the gym. But yeah. Um. So a couple other things. Oh, by the way, before I forget, you know the the COVID prison dorm that you're in. Many years ago, I spent a terrible night there in, in, the, in a basement. There's a room in the basement, or there were weren't rooms in the basement. And it was one of the longest nights of my life. Um, <laughs> it felt like I was there for 10 days. Trust me. You know, five hours ago. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was not a fun night. I just got, it's one of those things, just go someplace with somebody, you know, pre cell phone you were in if someone said hey you want to go with me that's it you're you're stuck unless you called a cab or something i was stuck but <laughs> we, we won't get into that now so um as we bring this full circle before um we were talking i was talking about um this nfl rule change mm-hmm. where and i won't bore you that you listen to the whole podcast when it goes up and they're changing some jersey number rules in the NFL, which I'm really stoked about. So I want to talk about your jersey number. So, Abby, I know I'm going to start with Brady just because I know your story a little bit. But, okay. Um, Brady, you wear 31. Um, 
does that number have significance to you? Or have you always worn 32? I forget what you wore at Lansdale Catholic, but um, is, there any, is there any reason behind that? Yeah, I had, I had my fair share of number switches. Actually, growing up, it was always number 21. That was my mom's uh, basketball number. Um, and then moving on to LC, I was 33 because it was my sister, Shay, who had a successful career at um, LC as well. And then also, I mean, it's Larry Bird's number, so maybe he can give me some shooter magic. But um, when, I, when I got to uh, Albright, she only had, uh, Coach Luck only had like 31 and this other number. So I was like, I'll, you know, I'll just take that. It's closest to 33. But um, next year we're getting new uniforms. So for my senior year, I will finally have my number 33. Oh, I look cool. Be rocking Larry Bird's number again. And look out, Mac, because that means 33. You're going to double your three next year. I, I know it. There we go. I would hope so. So, um, Abby, you care about care to talk about um, your journey with the number ten? Sure. Um, so I actually remember vividly. It was like we were signing up for um, summer league. My first year playing summer league, and At, how old were you? Ten. Ten. Okay. So I forget the other jersey number options, but I just remember I was like. I'll pick number 10 because I'm 10 years old. Um, and then I just kind of associated with 10 was when, at 10 years old was when I actually knew that I loved basketball on my own because I remember you didn't coach me in third grade because you wanted me to see if I liked it without you being there, which obviously I did. And since then, 10 has stuck with me. And I love wearing it. Even though you had a little detour your first uh... – what year? First so year three. Was this your first year wearing ten at Albright? Oh, yeah. So no, freshman year at Albright, I was three. Right, you got it ten, as your sophomore year, right? I got it sophomore year. Oh yeah, I forgot. And then because I tested the hill, I was number one because that was ten without the zero. <laughs> so, but yeah. So yeah, that was that was a little blip on the the radar there. Yeah, I forgot about that honestly. So um. And before, as we wrap up the Jersey uh, talk, just a, a clarification, Brady. Your name is Brady Wassel. Um, is this the first time your name has been mispronounced this much? Because it seems like who's ever, except for the incredible play-by-play -play guy at Albright, I forget his name, Nikolai or something. He's amazing. Everyone else, even Albright people, mispronounce a name that is, to me, on the surface, really easy to pronounce. What's the deal? You know, I honestly did not know this was an issue until, you know, my mom started joking about it, um, joking about it with me on the phone. She's like, all right, good night, Brady, what's up? And I was like, what, what is she <laughs> saying? And then I, I, I eventually asked her, and I'm like, what is that? And she was saying how the announcer has been calling my name like that. And then my coach mentioned it too, Coach Luck. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not scoring enough because he doesn't say my name often. But um, no, I mean, that's like the first time that people really mispronounce it. Because as you said, it's not too hard. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, and <laughs> Maybe I'm a little biased. And I don't know what game it was this year, but the other team had a someone with a similar name. 
like Wassel or and and they were and you weren't even in the game at the time. I'm like, wait, what is going on? Like I was so confused. They're mispronouncing your name, I believe, but saying this other the other player's name kind of like yours. It was just it was just a little loopy. I, I think yeah. that announcer might have been in COVID prison. <laughs> Maybe he was. We, we never know. So um, the the intro I had for you guys before we talked, I referred to you as a dynamic duo. And, you know, Aubrey is a very balanced team. So I'm not giving you guys any, you know, extra weight because you got a lot of great players on your team. But just you're a dynamic duo because you, you're – on the court, you produce your friends off the court. You're tight. So, I was talking about dynamic duos earlier. Do you have any dynamic duos that are favorites of yours that you can think of? Well, of course, our first thoughts go to food. Um, <laughs> yeah. Me and Brady actually. Well, Brady has a different um, duo that she's going to share, but we love the one that I'm going to share. Last year, especially. When we were first roommates, chips and queso was our go-to snack, <laughs> and we loved chips and queso. And of course, that was the first thing that came to my mind when you said favorite duo. How about how about you, Brady? I, me and my dad. One thing we have in common, though, besides basketball, it's definitely a burger and a milkshake. I can have that meal any time of the day. Really. Uh, Honestly, I like I I'm not a picky eater, so and, you know cheeseburger and um, milkshake kind of tastes good anywhere for me. But Five Guys is definitely one of my top faves. Um, that's a combo that's like unmatched for me. Besides, obviously the chips and queso, but um, I love a good burger and a chocolate shake. Wow, that's that's a that's a good combo. You know, it's interesting you said you like Five Guys because. Are you aware of what was in Chipotle out here in Muhlenberg? It was a Five Guys before it was Chipotle. How do you feel about that? This is the first time I'm hearing it. Really? Honestly, so this is like breaking news. We're like, wow. This is breaking news. I thought I was doing some advertising for Five Guys, but I guess I'm not doing my job. Um, no, I did not know that, but it's the one with Chick-fil-A and Chipotle. Yeah, so they, they did substitute with some, you know, good options, so I can't complain there, yeah. but there, are, there is a Five Guys, though, in the area, or did they, did they get rid of it? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I, there might be one in Exeter, I'm not sure. Maybe, I swear I looked it up, but honestly, I, I think there is one, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan, but. I guess that's God looking over judge. me, I would have made way too many trips to Five Guys yeah. if it was that close. I, I can dig it. But, you know, after being in – after what you've been eating the last 10 days, I mean, you deserve some five guys. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's next. What's the first meal you're going to have tomorrow or that you can oh. choose to have tomorrow? Well, honestly, we're probably going to have to go grocery shopping since um, we haven't been in our apartment. True. Um, I really miss my avocado toast and um. eggs and my breakfast. I – I guess I'll have to go to the shopping if I want to have that tomorrow. But um, I don't know, Brady. What do you want your yeah. first meal to be? I would say something. I've been on. I've never. I, I know I said I, I'm not a picky eater, but I also don't really branch out often. If it 
concerns green food like vegetables. But uh, (laughs) Gap has introduced me since I've come in in January to avocados. And it has been a staple to a lot of my meals. So I will have to second that. And I agree that I will be having a meal with an avocado. And and how about that? How about that nifty three in one avocado tool? Oh, it is. It it is definitely iconic. And that thing is probably the main character of our apartment. That's like, that's a $9 Amazon Christmas purchase gem. It's like money. Money gift. It's incredible. I, I found them like this has Abby's name written all over it. Nine dollars. Like it's gonna be your top gift. I mean, but well, I'll tell you what, this has been delightful. I, I've gotta say. It's been like the highlight of uh, of at least the last few days, I gotta tell you. And I'm sure and I'm just gonna assume it's the definitely the highlight of your last few days because yeah, I mean <laughs> Although at the bar is low, I'm not giving myself that much credit, but, um, but yeah, this is fun. Thanks for being the very first guest on talking straight with Gaff. That was, that was just monumental and historic. I hope. We're honored to be the first guest. Well, thank you so much. Now you set the bar high. So when, you know, the list of people that I've lined up, or the, my target when they go to listen, like what's talking straight gaff all about? So check out these episodes and they're going to hear this one and be like, wow, I better do some deep dive prepping because <laughs> gaff is going to bring it. And so I better bring it. And you guys brought it. I'm telling thank you. you. So thank we have, we have nothing but good things to say about this podcast so far. I mean, it's, you got the voice, you got the topics and the transitions, and also went very well. You made it very easy for us. Wow, thanks. I, I'm I'm very happy to hear that. So, and I can only get better. So, I hope you come back on. And you know, at some point, you can maybe do like a lot. I mean, Abby definitely can do a live in person because she oh, lives yeah. here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this would be cool to do again and. And then even circle back to some of the topics we talked about to see if any of them, you know, came to fruition in any way. Or so. Thank you, Abigail. Thank you, Brady. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. And uh, enjoy your last night in COVID prison in those rickety old beds. I hope there's no um, mice lurking with a surprise tonight for your last night. And uh, I look forward to hearing what what your first day of freedom brings you. Uh, we can't wait. We're looking forward to it. All right. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. I will uh, catch up to you guys later then.